Hey, what's good, people? This is the Option Podcast. This is episode 156, 157. Well, that looks like Amy. <laughs> the episode starts. Be ready, people. It starts right now. All right, people, you have asked, you have asked and asked, and with me, ask you shall receive, because I've got to give the people, give the people what they want. I introduce to you the sensational, the absolutely drop-dead fetchingly gorgeous Hawaii, University of Hawaii alumni and fifth-year Cal Poly students cracking up, just look at it, just cracking up. You are... <laughs> You are red right now. Amy. Amy Oze. Yes. I said it right? Ozzy? Yes. Yes. Okay. You did it. Thank no, you. I said Oze. Like, I got one thing to say. Sa- sachet Oze. You wouldn't be the first. I either okay. get Ozzy or Oze, and they think it's like super French yeah. or super classy. Oh, doesn't it look super French, though? I think it is French, but it's not pronounced that way. So. Cool. But you nailed it. So what's good, man? How you doing? I'm so happy to be here. I really like that intro. Yeah. Sometimes I have to not phone it in. It made me so Um, happy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Look at our thing. Our thing already. The max beta. The the bit rate already exceeded. Facebook live sucks. (laughs) All right. So where are you coming from? Um, Right now or in life? (laughs) Ooh, loaded question. Let's start with the easier part. If okay. this is the easier part, where are you coming from? Uh, Do you have practice from, today or work? Or? Yeah, I had a practice this morning, just a light one. I can't do very much still because my ankle, getting the metal out, yes. that part. But um, I was at home. I work a remote job. So it's just doing that. Yeah, super exciting. So for everybody listening, Amy... Um, I know Amy because she was at Hawaii for four years uh, playing for, um, I don't know who the head coach was, but I know who Evan Evan was. You know, Evan, so Evan's, Evan's in New York. Oh, yeah. And I think he oh, got the yeah. rub now. I think he's, um, right? Yeah. He's the head coach now, right? Yeah, he's the head coach. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and your fifth year, you played for Coach Todd, right? Mm-hmm. So I just remember her out there being an absolute boss, being an absolute savage. <laughs> And here she is on my podcast here in Hermosa Beach, California. So why don't we talk about where you're from? Okay. I usually start from present to past, but I feel like I feel like our audience can have more an appreciation of what you're about. You're, you're, you're originally from Hawaii, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm originally from Maui, so born and raised on the North Shore there. Um trying to think of where it all starts yeah born and raised on the north shore there my parents both moved there a long time ago both my dad's from canada mom from miami florida but they're both windsurfers so that's why they moved there and met windsurfing basically so goodness canada and florida meet huh Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um so born and raised out there and just started picking up volleyball because my cousin did it um down at this place called kanaha beach park which is kind of like this it's like this like semi dingy beach right next to the airport. <laughs> like it's not the not high quality deep sand like you guys have out here. Um got some good 
glass and sticks and obstacles to run and dive through. Yeah. But um, makes you not want to go to the beach. <laughs> oh, definitely got staff there. But um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, started playing there in third grade and just never looked back. I just loved it so much, and so mm. yeah. So was um, going to Hawaii, University of Hawaii, like a foregone conclusion? Was it something where that wasn't even a question? Not, not at all, actually, which was really funny. I remember my freshman year of high school and being like, I'm going to go to UCLA or I'm going to go to California. Like, I really wanted to go to California because I knew that that's where beach volleyball was. Um, just, you know, just being here, you know that this is pretty much the hub of beach volleyball. It is the Mecca. Um, but I wasn't really good enough in high school to get that type of recruiting or get that attention. Or maybe I was late to the jump, but I only had one offer going into college and that was UH. And I didn't have anything against UH more than, more than I just like really wanted to go to California. Um, just cause on Maui, there's like the stereotype of like, you want to go out and get off the rock and go see the world and go to the mainland. But um, for me, it worked out better to go to UH and it was the best decision like ever to go there because it fit me so perfectly and nothing gave me more pride than playing for the University of Hawaii. So it was just, it fit me so perfectly. I'm so happy I went there and nothing made me prouder than to represent my home. So what, um, what did you study there? Uh, marketing marketing what sort of volleyball players in marketing dude I mean, is it like the easiest thing to go to class and pass while you're training like 11 months out of the year what what the hell is up with volleyball players and marketing and then becoming real estate people while they're playing at the same time is that a typical thing it's a typical or, thing out here. I mean, I guess even that from makes the sense. Olympic gold medalist all the way down. I bet. I bet you yeah. Fano is selling a house right now. <laughs> I bet you Eric Fano Moana is selling a house right now. <laughs> I just remember not knowing what I wanted to do, and my dad. Both well, both my parents have small businesses, and my dad was like, "If you do marketing, you'll be able to sell anything," and that's, in his opinion, was the number one thing. Right. He was like, "No matter what field you go into, as long as you know how to sell, like you'll be fine." And so he told me to do marketing and I just kind of rolled with it. So. I will say this about marketing, though. When people look at, sorry, when people look at a marketing degree, they never look at you as an excuse to be a snob, right? <laughs> like everything your dad said, mm-hmm. like my, my degree in theater performance does the same thing. <laughs> But they'll see a degree in theater performance, like a BFA or whatever in acting or this or that. And they're like, no, <laughs> this dude studied acting. So he thinks he can be anyone he wants. <laughs> Which is and I'm really... like, yes. <laughs> well, it's funny, though, because that's the part that it's funny because in marketing, there's so much so many different sides to it. There's like the more creative side to it. But then there's the more analytical side to it and everything in between. But what I found was a lot of people were missing that charismatic piece, which does a lot of the selling. And theater, you definitely have charisma. So, salute. (laughs) Go on. (laughs) Well, that's all I was going to say. It was like, that's like the part that I felt was missing from a lot of people was like that charismatic, like being able to be who you need to be to, you know, do that. So, that's pretty cool. It certainly helped me as a coach. Yeah. Mm hmm. How so? Because if you understand the psychology of what uh, of basics of what comes behind coaching men and women, mm-hmm. and the closer that you can be that character, 
and teach that and demonstrate that and have it be real and believable. Mm-hmm. Right? Because you think about acting. Acting is real. Uh, educating people at home. Acting is real human behavior in imaginary circumstances. Mm-hmm. So what they're out there feels real to them because they're, they're in their moment. So to some people like, oh, he's acting and all oh, those tears are fake or whatever. No, no, the tears are real in that moment. So that, and that's what makes um, some actors just on the edge of just being nuts, being crazy because they have to be this person and learn how to turn it on and off. And, and it takes a lot of discipline to do that and not lose your mind. Yeah. So, so take that. I want to be a coach. I see what coaches look like. I see how coaches behave. And sooner or later, you become that coach, you know. And I was a coach before I went back to school. I was like a returning yeah. adult student. Mm-hmm. But, and I knew X's and O's, and I knew how to, you know, as a setter, you already know how to do your own playbook and, mm-hmm. and how to teach people how to make defenses uncomfortable. But I didn't know how to win with women. You know, and, and it, the suckiest thing in the world is having someone do everything you tell them to and they still suck. <laughs> you know, is it like a mind like tapping into what works for them motivationally or mindset wise or just different type of game? It's a one. It, well, for me, and this is way back when, because right now I'm a killer woman's coach. I'm a killer. <laughs> in fact, I don't do anything bad. I do everything excellent in my life. Um, <laughs> just happens. Hey, you don't hate the player, hate the game. It just but, happens um, that I do everything yes. excellent. <laughs> Yeah, you know, you'd be surprised how better your memory retention is from from effing up all your life. Fair enough. Fair not, enough. Not made a yeah. solemn swear, you know, every or New Year's resolution to only make new mistakes. All right, not not to make the same ones over and over That's again. A good one. New ones. I like so that. you like that one? I do. Because where you are, there's gonna be nothing but new mistakes. So I hope so. Get ready in your in your life. But um, I at back then I thought there was one way to do it. Mm-hmm. And you'll, you'll see coaches in California, mm-hmm. uh, and and in many respects, think that there's one way to teach this, and anyone who doesn't see that one way doesn't know volleyball. Mm-hmm. And that's where I failed. You know, for example, women more identify with sisterhood, camaraderie, taking this, being a team, and doing this together and moving forward. Guys are idiots. You can call someone a butthole, whatever, and this and that, and he'll... Follow that leader. Someone, one or two people will take up, step up, take leadership, and they'll just follow that leader. Mm-hmm. So, if you try to coach women the same way you coach men on a general level, because yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah. a bunch of girls out there from Europe, yeah. <laughs> you know, that were coached by dudes and they, they're not committed to a, a place with padded walls. Mm-hmm. And if they got through that, you can coach them any way you want. Mm-hmm. But it was where I was failing as a woman's coach. Yeah. You know, how much, because this is a conversation and not, you know, the Jason DeBilia show. <laughs> How much do you agree as far as levels are concerned, as far as women's volleyball in in terms of camaraderie, teamwork, mm-hmm. uh, sisterhood? The floor is yours. I mean, I definitely <laughs> agree that there is a difference. And I guess this kind of plays into my background growing up. But um, when I was younger, there wasn't really a girl's division for beach volleyball in no. Maui. There You're was a dude with long hair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, like there was my high school team that played indoor club um, on Maui. Me and my best friend actually went and played club on Oahu. So we'd fly over every other weekend to play with the team. Um, But as far as beach volleyball went, there wasn't really high school girls. And so I played with the men's group 
like mm. since 14, I think 14 or 15, I played with a men's group. And so originally, like when I started, it was a lot of tears, like guys storming off and smoking weed in like the forest or something. <laughs> like one guy, I beat this one guy and he like broke a table. Like, you know, it started off really rough and obviously I was the worst one in the group. But as I grew older and as I got better, I, you know, I was used to playing with guys. And so when I went to UH, I'd jump on the court and they'd be like, you got it. And like smack my butt. And I'm like, get the fuck up. Like, you we're allowed know. to swear on this, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I figured. But um, see, new mistakes. But well, it's not, yeah. No, fuck that. It's not okay. a mistake. All right. <laughs> but see, like, I said it with you. Yeah. Hold yeah. On, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> fuck that. <laughs> Let's just timestamp this. 13 minutes. Go ahead. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> um, no, but like girls would be like, you can do it. And I'd be like, I don't need your pity cheers. Like, what is this? Yeah. Like, and I took it so like the wrong way because I'm used to guys being like, if they say you can do it, it means they really don't believe that you're going to be able to do it. <laughs> They're like, they don't do that. It's just like high five when you get the kill. And if you mess up, it's like an angry grunt. Like, so that's what I was used to. So when I got onto UH, it was totally different having that shift of everyone cheering everyone on, talking about like that camaraderie that you're talking about. Right. It was, I had to make that shift of like, oh, wait, like they're actually cheering for me. Like. That's real. This is cool. Like, this yeah. is nice. Like, having that support. And, yeah. So, like, that's my experience with that. And so I would agree with that. It seems like guys are a little bit more... Do your job. We're idiots. <laughs> Just say, we're idi- guys are idiots. We're idiots. We, we, you can treat us however you want. And, and if anyone's too sensitive, they identify with being feminine and... and and no matter how much times have changed, right? No guy wants to be thought of as as, as weak someone. Some, yes, because yeah. we associate feminine with weak guys. It's an involuntary reflex. Yeah. That's how we were raised, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's that was the surrounding you around. So you can, which something you, if if not understand, identify. You mm-hmm. know, or you kind of see that, even if you don't agree, you see it. Well, it's the same um, thing. It's like if I like jumped on the court with three guys uh-huh. and I started crying because my partner was being a dick to me. Like go home to your mother. Then it's like you shouldn't be here. Yeah. Then you should leave. If this is too tough for you, right? Yeah. If this that's is the too line. Hard, if this is too hard for you. And like even to the point where like I'm standing on the sideline in serve receive because like my partner is just fed up. And this was like when I was 14 or 15. And it's like if you're going to cry or if you can't handle this, go home. Like because you don't see any of these other guys crying. or You mm-hmm. don't see anyone else having a hard time or at least expressing it. And if they do express it, it's like aggressive. Yeah. You know, not in like a fight way, but in like a. But that was, um, (laughs) yeah, but echoing off what you said, that was the biggest coaching demon I had to conquer. I've been coaching 22 years, right? Uh But, and again, you're going to find plenty of players who turn into coaches and, and they're not, they're never, they're rarely, if ever going to hurt your game. There's just how many levels, at what level can they help? Do they help this much? Do they help that much? Right. Mm -hmm. You got, you know, um, uh, maybe I can name names, right? You got John Mayer, who I think is the best coach in the NCAA. Um, but how much are you, I mean, as far as allowing him to help you and mm-hmm. as far as how much he can help you, what level, Yeah. right? I mean, do people already come in to USC believing in Dane more than they believe in John Mayer, right? I mean, um, I, f- I feel like no matter what the coach or what level the coach is at, you'll yeah. always be able to grab your two cents yes. from them. Yeah, yeah. So. 
I mean, think about you. You went to Cal Poly your graduate year, right? We were going to mm-hmm. get into that, but we could jump. We, we <laughs> no, we could jump back and forth. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a, a whole different skill set and a philosophy you're going to learn from him that you're not going to learn from Evan and whatever, right? So, mm-hmm. um, Todd's different. also one of my favorite coaches. If I had to do like a f- favorite coach for each conference, I would say Big West. Love me some Evan, but I like Todd better. Um, WCC. Love me some Marcio Sacoli and not to mention the coaching staff that St. Mary's has. I mean, those guys, those people are savages. But John May John Mayer's my guy. I was also yeah. his assistant for two years. That's why I met you. Um you were in, you were on the team in two thousand eighteen, right? At UH. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went there, we got five owed. Um but We'll explain. We'll talk about that later. No, but we'll talk about the magic powers that Hawaii has for at home games in a minute. All right. Yeah. We ain't no. <laughs> we're, we're not. not we're not. Yeah, we're not getting away from that. So WCCs, I'll go John Mayer. Yeah. Because I think he's the best coach in NCAA. Big West got to ring out Jeff Alzina, Santa Clara. Um, he was Stein's assistant. He was also Stein's coach when Stein played in the Olympics. Oh wow. Um, he's one of the top three coaches in the world. Um, but you know how people are with like labels. Santa mm-hmm. Clara, are you kidding? No, no, I'm not kidding. That's serious business. You know, um, Southern Region. I go Russell Brock. I love LSU though. The, the my Israeli guy from Tulane is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, the East, um, nobody. <laughs> I had <laughs> Justin. My boy Justin Stack was at Coastal Carolina both before like a year when they got rid of him. I'm like, I'm not interested in anything any of you have to say if you got rid of that dude. So. So let's talk about Hawaii Five O. So So you've been doing indoor game clearly. So I was a John Mayer 2018 and 2019. I left the beginning of 2019 to do color commentary, which is where I also met you because the Big West, Hawaii was playing Cal Poly in 2019. Oh that came down the fifth pair. Like 1917. Yeah. So. Wait, that was you that lost? Was lost. it you? No, I wasn't on the fives pair. I was at the ones. Oh, okay. And me and my partner didn't do very... We didn't Chrissy do our Jones? best. Jones? What you want? I know. We played against Chrissy Jones. Chrissy Jones is... There are uh, phases in your life where she's going to be better than you and you're going to be better than her. And we can, we're going to talk about that too. Her block but was just amazing. Yeah. I was just like... Well, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. But... So, I forgot. I forgot the hell I was even gonna say. Hawaii five zero. Oh, so we play you guys at UCLA. It's two three, right? You know, I thought, I thought Jesse Pritchard played really good. Kobe was really good. Our, our, our pair of ones were more sacrificial lambs than than you know. At some point in the season, who was your uh, ones at that time? I well, Bo was five and then moved up to one. I remember it was Bo. Mac McKenzie. It was Sav- Savannah Slatery and Mac. And then okay. it turned out to be turn out, and then it was um, Sav and um, Bo. Okay, I do remember Bo. And I ain't trying to sound disrespectful, but I got to keep it real. <laughs> we're just trying to win those five pairs, and if we, <laughs> and if we, and if we, you know what I'm saying? If we yeah. put them in separate pairs, we're gonna lose three to two against teams that are, that we had a chance of beating, right? Okay. If we did that against Pepperdine, we wouldn't have won the WCCs. We okay. Had, we had to go from the losers bracket, in fact, and we had to beat them not once but twice. Oh wow. So, but um. So we go to Hawaii. It's not even close. Um, we saw Hawaii lose to a indoor, an indoor men's game. Same team plays in Hawaii, 3-0, right? We see Long Beach State play Hawaii. They beat them, and then the next day, Hawaii, you know, 
Four sets. What is about Hawaii that gives you guys superpowers when you play home games? You thought I was going to be asking you easy questions, right? No, did not did I not put you on the spot? What is it about mean, Hawaii that gives people superpowers? I guess what the people call it now. Well, I guess what they've always called it is it's just pride rock. It's you are the professional athletics in Hawaii. They don't have professional football. They don't have professional baseball. So the University of Hawaii is it. It is the pride of athletics in the state. Right. And you are, when you represent Hawaii, I mean, for me, it was already a big deal because this is my home and it means a lot to me. Uh, clearly, I've expressed that. Like, it really does. And nothing makes me feel more alive or more special um, than getting to do that. But... Um, even for people that transfer over, or, you know, come from even Europe over to Hawaii to play, because there's, you know, a lot of European volleyball players, um, especially Definitely. on the men's side. Some of the best to ever play in the NCAA. The fan base is so aggressively welcoming Sick. and so proud and so, like, just seeing the stand full, even on the beach, all the people coming down at Waikiki, like, mm -hmm. just everyone loves volleyball so much. And that support makes you want to do your absolute best, especially in front of them. So, of course, when you go across, you want to do a good job, but um, like across as in like to the mainland. But when you're there on the rock and everyone's there and you have that H on your jersey, it just. I loved being there, by the way. Yeah. It was great. So like. Great. Like NCAA, you're supposed to travel with your team. And uh -huh. uh, I told John, I am a, I am a grown ass man. And I will go there when I want to. So I went four days earlier. Uh-huh. You know, I went to Turtle Bay. You know, I got to see some sights and this and that. Yeah. You know, my girl with me. And mm. then when it was time to play, you know, got, you mm -hmm. know, stayed at the hotel. You know, I went to Kings, too, before they set it up. Just check out the pickup volleyball scene. and. Oh, you mean like Queens Beach? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you'll be surprised. As you get older, you'll be surprised that you have... Um, I'm going to write down the time frame. You got hoes in different area codes. You, you, you can go anywhere and then find someone that knew you from someone or someone that you've met. So yeah, as you probably. continue to play this game, like I went, look, I went to Queens beach. Mm -hmm. I've never been to Hawaii and I knew people. They were like, Oh my God, I know you. You're Jason. You know, <laughs> I went to Austin, you know, you're the mm -hmm. NYR city sports guy and you know, New York. I'm, yeah. I'm from New York and we're always going to have love, mm -hmm. but the love you have for for Hawaii is very Brooklyn-esque. Like, I love it. There's something about Brooklyn people. We are proud and fanatical about being from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. And you guys, uh, you got that mentality. And something that you mentioned before, um, the amount of people that turn out for the volleyball games mm -hmm. is, is amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's insane. I will say on the beach side too, because obviously there's more fans that come out for indoor. They have the stand sheriff center. It's a lot more fan friendly. Right. Um, just that whole atmosphere. But Queens Beach, I will say, is in my opinion, the deepest and hardest sand I've ever played in. And so when people fly out there and they've never played at Queens before, it is a completely different ball game. And if you don't have experience there, it can yeah be exhausting yeah, da, da, yeah. Da, 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 da. yeah. <laughs> hit the music da, 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 da. <laughs> da, 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 da. so who are you playing with right now um don't know 
Don't know. I played this summer with Mariah Whalen, who you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she's you also. You did all right. You did all right. Wapaka, we did good. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, cons- Denver. Were you at Denver too? I was at Denver, but I played yeah. with Charlie Ekstrom during that one. Okay. Um, yeah. Honestly, considering like I was just coming back from my ankle injury, Mariah was only one year out of her shoulder surgery. We were like, we had no right doing as well as we did. Like, we want to look at it and, of course, be like, well, we could have yeah. done better. Like, we definitely like know that we have it in us to do better. But at the same time, we look at like what our past year was and we were like, like sick. Like, that was yeah. a good year. Like, considering. Were you, um, so you were playing with house money. <laughs> that's how you felt playing right? with housemen yeah a little bit I mean, yeah. it was like nice like we did good like i mean we have no reason to not be proud of what we did so how did you injure your ankle mm-hmm. so i broke my ankle falling off a skateboard and it was really lame because here's the story this is why it's super lame and even i won't on, i'm not leaving you i'm sitting here with even, i'll sit through the whole thing oh i promise gosh. even this flight attendant told me that i should come up with a better story because she was like no, that's lame. Um, but I was skateboarding. I was in Wisconsin. I just did a road trip with my best friend because um, she's from Wisconsin. So did a road trip out there. And we went mountain biking that morning, got, grabbed lunch. And we're like, let's just skateboard down the road to our aunt's house. And she's wearing rollerblades. I'm on a skateboard. She's dragging me down to the neighbor's house. And we're like, oh, that was really fast. Ooh, sorry. That was really fast. Okay. Let's just go for a different, like another lap. And then we'll go into their house and like 20 feet from the house, I just tried to push off the ground, put my foot on the back of the skateboard, was too far back, slid out from under me, tried to catch myself, all my body weight one way, ankle went, yeah, Yeah, it was, yeah, like 90 degrees out, so. Scary psychologically. Yeah. Well, I looked down right as it happened and I was like, that's the bottom of my foot. You're like, that's not normal. And (laughs) I was like, that's not normal. Yeah. So I ate it there a bunch of it was funny it was her family reunion too so like all these delightful midwest people ran out and was like what's wrong like how can we help like oh my gosh and we called her dad they were like what happened and we just watched the conor mcgregor fight which i yeah. don't know if you remember when he broke oh his, dustin poirier when the, he like the third, the third one yeah when he effed his leg up and so they were like what happened and we were like i conor mcgregored it like i conor mcgregored my ankle like oh my god as long as you're yelling doctor stoppage oh it's so funny doctor stoppage because mariah's brother was like i know what that means and they were like we gotta go and so yeah Yeah. that's how i broke my ankle i fell off a skateboard and it was but uh, listen now that you tell the story it doesn't sound so dumb no i don't don't know what kind of story people think you're gonna you're supposed to make up i don't know well it just sounds like crazy like because i talked to the surgeon after because obviously like i broke my ankle they took me to the hospital they gave me two doors two doses of um ketamine and like popped it back into place and then shipped me off to get surgery but i saw a doctor after they pulled it back into place and he was like honestly the stars aligned with um how like it twisted it like twisted and then broke sideways yeah clean break is yeah yeah so it was kind of like some weird shatter and he was like the way that you broke this is like the stars aligned to do it yeah yeah he's like stars aligned for this and at first i mean i'm happy my best friend was there though because at first i was like you're kidding me that's the luck i have the stars had to align like that's what he's saying and she saw it as like hey maybe this wasn't something that was supposed to happen to you but maybe it's something that's supposed to happen for you 
Yeah. And, you know, Boy, it's really proven to be that way. See, this shows how nice this girl is. First of all, the story is interesting. Second of all, she could have had so much fun with me, guys. She could have <laughs> had so much fun with me just making up a story like I was in a, I was in a, where's my camera? I was in, a, in an abusive relationship. But that motherfucker will never touch me again. <laughs> and I would have been worth like, it. I would have been like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, where are the Facebook Live questions? I wish it was something cool like that. Yeah. I'm like, he broke my ankle, but yeah, but he's yeah. not alive today. He only does it when he's angry. Yeah, yeah he only does it when he's angry. <laughs> I use the metal from my ankle to put it in a baseball bat. See why me? See why Chrissy Jones and I had to edit out some stuff. Because <laughs> I think it's funny as hell, and it's a good joke between the both of us. Like, no, I mean but, what we're yeah. saying now, but like some of the jokes we told are probably okay between the both of us. Mm-hmm. But she, that woman has an image. That woman is Chrissy Jones is a lady. She's an angel. <laughs> yes, yeah. she walks into a room and men stand up, and she's like, no, it's okay. You know, like you don't have to stand on I'm my not like part. That. Um, no, you're a dude with long hair. Oh. <laughs> I'm a dude with long hair. You're a dude that played. I knew right my away. I'm like, dude. this girl probably has like three brothers, <laughs> right? And this, I'm, I'm probably wrong, but I'm like, this one probably has three brothers, <laughs> and probably had to fight for everything she had as a kid, <laughs> just for equal treatment, and that's made her muscular and strong. It's so funny because and, it's like I just have like one very sweet younger brother. Mm-hmm. But because I grew up playing with all these guys, it feels like I have 17 older brothers. Right. So, which I'm so grateful to have, but it definitely does make me seem like I have older brothers. We're going to try this one more time. I've been doing like 20 minute clips. I just want to know if anyone has any questions, stupid or otherwise. Instagram probably would have been a better, a better, um, who knows? Uh, anyway. It's okay. I'm not as famous as Mark Fishman. So do you watch him? But... No, Mark Fishman is the man, dude. Who knew, <laughs> who knew the viewership would murder it like that, dude? <sighs> and I've known him 94. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah, he's... we, I mean, we weren't fishing buddies or anything. Like, he's a Long Island guy. I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a concrete jungle kid. So, different walks of life. But, yeah. but we had a lot of the same mutual friends and look where we wound up. That's crazy. You know? And his house is savage, isn't it? It's so nice. His, that's it's, a dream house, dude. It's a dream house. It's so fun. Yeah. It's so fun. And he and his wife are just so nice. Mm-hmm. Just... Give me... We're on him right now. Give give me something, because he's been coaching you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Give me one or two important things you've learned um, that you you took with you in some of the practices um, under Mark Fishman. Yeah. Like technical-wise or just anything? Um, well, Mark is really good at presenting your your options, so we can definitely talk about muscle um, exercise and the muscles between both ears. In fact, mm-hmm. since that's more fun, yeah. And since everybody already here listening to this thinks they can play anyway, let's let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the mental. I mean, number one that Mark has given me is confidence in myself. Um, I'm I'm very shy, um, so I think when it comes to me in volleyball, like, I think I've made very good decisions in my career, but I haven't made any of this. I don't know if I've made the decisions that make me confident in who I am as a player and my image, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, um, a good example of that is like, I could be totally wrong, though. But when I was transferring, I could have chosen between a lot of really good schools. I had great options. Um, 
one of them being like a UCLA. I had that available to me, um, which was awesome because, you know, like I said, as a freshman or when I was in high school, I had no offers. Um, So being able to like be sitting there and talking with these coaches was like, this is so cool. Like, this is what recruiting's like. (laughs) Like, whoa. Um, And I remember looking at schools like UCLA and Florida State and being like, if I go to these schools, that's going to help with my reputation in the world of volleyball because I just see like they finish well. They have this reputation about them. People and pros like look at those players and want to grab from or look at those schools and want to grab players from those schools just because of the reputation that they have. Um, whether that's true or not, that's just my it's a mindset. Seen. It it's is what I've it seen. Okay. Um, but when I was transferring, I was like, OK, that's cool. That's something flashy, but I'm not that person. I want to go to the school that's going to set me up the best skill wise, which school is going to make me the best player that I can possibly be for that next step. And so that's why Cal Poly was the clear choice was like. Todd Rogers is going to build me into that player. And, and that was a Fishman thing? Um, no, the the Fishman part of it was like, that's that's where my head is at confidence wise is like, um, I'm really confident in my decisions. But as far as like the flashy reputation side of like believing in who I am, like when it comes to asking people, like asking for partners or stuff like that, like I'm not very confident or I haven't been very confident in that because I don't think that my reputation I don't I just don't really know where I'm at but um, Mark has really helped me just be like hey like you are a 6-1 defender like this is the future that I see for you and Mm -hmm. I see it being very bright and you need to believe in that because if you don't believe in that it's not going to happen and you should believe in that with every bone in your body because like if it's that obvious to me it should be that obvious to you yeah so he's helped me a lot just confidence wise believing in myself the way his mind works, I almost feel like he has to slow down just to have a conversa- a regular conversation with people. I think the guy likes my company because, you know, look, there are brilliant people, and I don't like the way that word, that word gets overused or whatever, but in, but in the classic sense of the word, he's brilliant. He is brilliant. Yeah. In the classic sense of the word, he's brilliant. I'm just an above-average kid from Brooklyn. I think you're you know, brilliant. Well, that that's what I meant. That yeah. is that is brilliant. Okay. Above average kid from Brooklyn is yeah. brilliant. People from Brooklyn <laughs> are just brilliant. They're just so. we have two educations. Okay. You know, you, you you grow up you grow up there and you actually go to college. Boom, you boom, you get two educations for life. Yeah. So, um, but I almost feel like some of the things I like to talk to him about, he I feel like he has to slow down <laughs> to accommodate me. And there's a level of there's a level of enjoyment that he gets from coming to that because mm-hmm. it, he feels like he's, he's given his mind a rest and just talk normal person stuff, um, which is why I think we enjoy each other's company so much. Yeah, he um, just likes helping too. Like, yeah. He's just such a giver. <clears throat> yeah. So. I mean, we can go... We can go all day. We can call him up. I could put him on the line right now. <laughs> Mark, <laughs> I think he's in Panama right now. Oh, he is? Yeah. yeah. He can call us while um, scuba diving. Uh, um, is that what's going on there? I think or? it's Norseka. Or he's just getting away. He's just doing people stuff. No, he's definitely there coaching. I don't remember if it's still juniors or if it is. Um, I know he just did the U23 right. in, yeah. um, where was that? The Caymans. Okay. Um, I don't know who's coaching in Panama off the top of my head, but he's there right now. Yeah. yeah I know Caymans has a Norseka coming up though. Mm-hmm. I think Ian Satterfield's going to play with Jake, Jake Arudia. 
Um, and I love talk about beautiful people. I was talking about you. Ian is a hunk, man. I think I'm a little gay for Ian. I ain't gonna lie. I'm a little gay for Kyle Friend, um, which is awesome. Which you is as, as it is convenient, uh, um, <laughs> right? And I'm a little and I'm a little gay for Brendan Clemens. These all all of these hunks, you know. I guess guys. I guess guys who know how to take care of themselves. We call in New York. We call them metrosexuals. Met- yeah, metrosexual is a guy who like seems like he has like all these gay qualities. He grooms himself. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? He's, I'm not familiar he's, with the he term. But keeps I the see face, the face young, moisturized. But okay. he's a, but he's a straight boy. Okay. So um, now I know you learn something new every day. Yeah. When I moved here, I, I was a no in New York. I was a classic metro because mm-hmm. in winter, wintertime, you you get to wear. You know what I'm saying? The jeans, the boots, the blazers. It's it's that kind of weather. We're out here. It's like flip-flops and board shorts. Yes. So I'm like, if I have to wear all these clothes, I'm going to look good. <laughs> you know? Oh, I, I actually know exactly what you mean. Yes. Because you have to know how to layer everything. Yes. I didn't know how to do that when I moved out here. And San Luis Obispo gets cold. Yes. It's desert weather at, at night, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. So I basically looked homeless every day because I had no idea how to dress in the cold. And I still don't. So if you see me homeless... <laughs> Or looking just like a little rough in my sweatpants and whatnot. It's just I'm trying to put on whatever's warmest. Dude, you could, Don't judge me. You could so do homeless though. <laughs> well, because I'm used to wearing like <laughs> shorts and like not like just a bathing suit and like walk around barefoot or in yeah. slippers. Like I'm a very, very much an island child. So when yeah. I come out and it's cold, I just I don't know. To do you don't do makeup yeah i mean no yeah. i'm just trying to survive yeah like i said where is it she she could definitely do some homeless she, she could. <laughs> if she was sleeping out in front of starbucks right now the cops would take you and bring you to um where, where do they take all the homeless <laughs> they um venice <laughs> to venice well my roommate was telling me he was like well all the people or all the women out here seem to just wear like the the puffer vest yeah he's like that's how you know it's fall like when it's starting, yes. as you see the all the puff, puff vests vest. like out and about, loose, yeah. and he was like, "You could get one of those. Those seem to be less grungy or less, you know, nice. sweats." And I was like, "Okay, well, that's the only insight I have so far with how to dress for the cold." Cool. I wanna um, I'm gonna go back to Hawaii one more time. Yeah. Cause God, we got so many colors happening in this conversation. <laughs> what was your defining college moment in Hawaii? What was the moment that there there are many. So it is going to require some concentration. Yes. Um, what was a moment that you thought was definingly cool that either made you believe that you can do this for real or like, wow, that was my rock start moment. That was that's a moment I could look back and say, you know, like if, yeah. I, if I ever tell a, a story about being being at Hawaii yeah. or playing at Hawaii, that's the one I want to remember. Yeah, I have two. One where I won, one where I lost. Um, my freshman year, and Jeff Jeff Hall was the coach, um, the yeah. head coach when I was there, and, and he would agree with this story. So my freshman year, um, he told me that I should redshirt. He was like, there's all these tall indoor girls that are crossing over. Like, you're smaller than them and a freshman. You should redshirt. And he was like, and then you could probably get your master's because, you know, five years of eligibility. And I was like, No. I was like, I really don't want to do that. I don't want to get my master's. I don't want to be in school that long, which is ironic because I ended up getting my master's. No, but at that time, you're like, the hell with the school thing. I was like, no, like, I don't want to do that. And I was like, thank you for name dropping everyone's full name. Like, 
first and last, thank you. I understand that they're older and they're bigger than me, but I don't, I don't want to do that. And he was like, okay, you're not going to break the lineup. And I was like, okay, we'll see. Um, and I ended up breaking the lineup. I was at the fives. Um, well, I guess technically I was at the fours. Then my partner got injured. So I dropped out of the lineup, then back to the five with a different partner. Um, and at the end of the season, we were at NCAAs. I was playing, me and my partner um, and our team was doing really well. Um, we made it through Friday. We made it through Saturday. Or no, well, end of Saturday was against Florida State. And we had to win against Florida State to make it to Championship Sunday. And it was 2-2, came down to the five score. So it came down to me and my partner. Um, in the third set, final score was 27-25. And, um, nice. Yeah. And my partner was a senior, junior, I think, actually, at that time. And she she was actually one of the team captains. It was really funny. Beginning of the year, I, like, broke her toe in, like, a soccer conditioning drill. So I thought she hated me, which is really funny. But then we ended up being part of I hate you just so, listening to that story. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Her toe was swollen. She was like, yeah, I can't fit it into a shoe. And I was like, oh, my gosh, she's going to kill me. Um, but we ended up playing together. But we ended up winning that game and that was a huge moment and honestly Evan refers back to it as the most historical point in UH beach volleyball history was winning that game 27 25 and it just made me feel like electric like it was just so cool being in that environment seeing all the Florida State fans doing all like this thing all around too and like my team staring at me cheering me on like it just makes you feel so supported so powerful and you're so gassed like, I remember being to my partner, like, I walked back to the end line ready to do my jump top soon, which I've been doing all tournament. And um, I was like, Hannah, let's finish this. I need to sit down. Um, but it was fun. It was fun. And that was, like, a really big moment being, like, like this is really cool. And I live for this feeling, being in this, I don't know, just the competitive environment. That's who you are. was really cool. So here I am. And but, then my, yeah. Amy, well, that's who you are. Yeah, it's what you're about. And, I and, love it, and it's and and it's special. Yeah, and, and it's, it's special, and it really made me feel good, like knowing like all the work I'd put in, like I'd prepared for that moment. I had prepared for that, and I felt prepared, and I felt confident in that moment because I know I've done all the work. But the second defining moment was actually a loss, and it was in 2019, and it was me and my partner Emily, who is actually playing on the Canadian national team right now. <laughs> Um, and it was my first year as a full-time defender. Um, we were playing UCLA, and I think it was the first round of NCAAs, and it 2-2 came down to our court. We were playing the McNamara Twins, um, and it was third set. They ended up winning 18-16 in the third set. And what that game taught me was, you know, we had almost taken down the number one seed it came down to a battle that was that close. There was a call that apparently was in the wrong direction that the ref didn't go down and check or, you know, there's how always, that happens. There's always something like yeah, that. Yeah, it almost but, seems like there's always something like yeah, that. But. but that game made me believe that I belong there um, because here are two players, the McNamara Twins, that I respect a ton and they're known for how good they are as a team and they did a phenomenal job in the NCAA. My partner is just... She was just a unit. She's six four, like just amazing, amazing player. And there I was, and going into the match, 
you know, I really felt like, okay, like I'm the weak link here. Like I just felt that way because of the reputation that they had and how good my partner was and being there in that battle and playing the way that I did. I was like, like I belong here. Like there's no reason for me to keep doubting myself because the whole season playing with my partner, I was like, I'm sorry because her partner the year before, not the year before, but a couple years before was Katie Spieler, who is obviously like her defense is just like so good. And here was my first year of defense. And I remember the whole season up until that point being like, Emily, I'm sorry. Like my defense isn't like Katie. Like I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying my hardest. Um, it's getting there. Um, but after that game, I felt, you know, like I didn't have to be doubting myself like that anymore. Granted, my defense wasn't like Katie Spielers at that point, but I believed that regardless, I was supposed to be there. I'm well, supposed to be playing at that level. Two things. One, my def- saying my defense isn't wasn't that to Katie Spielers speed. If you consider the timeline, there were probably only ten people in the world <laughs> who were playing like that, right? So yeah. uh, excuse the shit out of you for not being the top one percent of one percent of one percent of one percent, right? Yeah, I had some nerve um, not being there. Which leads me to my second point. And this is a quote from the movie Coach Carter. Your deepest fear is not your, not that you're inadequate, but more powerful beyond beyond your imagination. Which is insane that you just said that because you know what gave me the confidence for the next day? Coach Carter. Was my coach from back home, back from Maui, Scott Zuko, sending me that exact quote. Yeah. And that's actually really crazy you said that. He sent me that can, exact thing. Uh, I've been doing this for a long time, and it, and it's as far as like hard things to diagnose. This one was a layup for me. Mm-hmm. This one was pretty easy for me. I, I'm not yeah. a I'm not a doctor, but I recognize the symptoms. Mm-hmm. And for everybody listening, and and I'm gonna repeat the phrase because some of you guys could probably take this with you too. Your deepest fear is not that you're inadequate, but more powerful beyond beyond measure or beyond imagination. I'm paraphrasing, of course. I'm mm-hmm. butcher, probably most likely butchering the hell out of it, right? <laughs> yeah. No, but um. It's true though. Yeah, and that's. But guess what? That's an evolution. Mm-hmm. And maybe some a lot of that's behind you. Maybe all of it's behind you. Maybe, and maybe it, it maybe in its entirety it will never always it will never be behind you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a devil on your shoulder you have to look at and say, okay, that's you, and life goes on. Mm-hmm. All right. There's yeah. um there's something else I want to share with you. Okay. All right, and I've said this on previous episodes, but it bears um parroting. Um, so you watch mixed martial arts, Chael Sonnen. Oh, I don't know who that is. Okay, Chael Sonnen's retired, but and okay. he's on ESPN. He's an analyst. Okay. And he is, he was the Conor McGregor of back then. He's the one that turned Anderson Silva into one of the greatest of all time because you need, Anderson Silva needed a nemesis. Yeah. Someone who made it public, you know, who, who like, Brazilians, I don't battle Brazilians. If you battle a Brazilian, they'll hit you in the head and take your wallet, you know. <laughs> And it's like, you know, they're listening to you on the internet. He's like, I didn't know they had internet. I swear. (laughs) You know, know? so that was the bad guy, right? So he goes on a reality show, The Ultimate Fighter, as a coach. Mm -hmm. He's he's coaching against John Jones, and they're supposed to fight at the end of the show because that's how that works. And he said, they say um, losing is not an option. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Losing is an option. Losing is the most readily available option all the time. Always there when you need it. Hot 97 run ready. So us as coaches, we have to remind players 
uh, two very, very important things if they're in this moment or if it's, it's if the moment seems too big. And if you need a moment, you need a drink of water or don't talk to me, whatever. Um, and Natalie Miskowski had to conquer this. So mm-hmm. it's pretty, very interesting that we cool. mentioned it before. One, the other team's feeling the same thing. No matter how good you think they are, they're feeling the same thing you are. No matter what comes with their pedigree. And two, it's normal. You... Our, as coaches, we have to make sure that they acknowledge that it's real, but at the same time, not unnatural. Mm-hmm. Right? You broke your ankle. That's real. Yeah. The way I broke was not natural. No, right? it was not. Natural. You know, but um, <laughs> is this normal? <laughs> Come here. But, oh um, my gosh. <laughs> so, so the one thing I can take, you could take this as a player, um. Because I'm not talking coach to coach. Fishman, I'm talking, mm-hmm. we're talking, we're having a different conversation. Yeah. Um, it's normal. Yeah. And and don't put yourself in this category where it's only happening to you because you'll hide it because you see it as a sign of weakness. And men, men have this 10 times more than women. 10, 15 times more than women. That's a low number. 15 times more, 10 times more. We have this problem significantly more than women do. So... The more you treat it like it's an abnormal thing, the more you try to hide it. And the more you try to hide it, the more you don't have self a self-diagnosis that mm-hmm. allows you to self-correct. And or as a coach who's trying to help you, will miss it. Mm-hmm. Cause you have a strong face. You you don't just have a strong body. You're not just this hot girl that works out. You have a strong face. And uh, and you you did a really good job opening up to to me and talking about like the Hawaii story. But mm-hmm. you have a when you put on that face, sometimes like Fishman had to, you know, Fishman knows you because he's worked with you. They have to, someone would have to work with you for quite some time to see that. Yeah. Evan, I'm sure, sees that. Evan's, Evan's really, really good with that stuff. Yeah. Um, and I always, I'm not speaking highly. I'm like, like, I like that guy a lot. I'm not even sure if I like <laughs> that guy a lot. I like him. I like him some. And in New York, I couldn't stand him. But I, but I love, but I, I love what he's Evan. doing out. Dude, I love what he's doing out there. And as far as deserving is concerned, you know what, you know what I mean? Yes. So. Well, just no one cares more about that program than evan like just and maybe i'm wrong but he no one expresses it as much as he does either but he right. just he loves that program so much so yeah. i'm so happy he deserves he got it that. yeah he deserves absolutely. it he deserves it he deserves it yeah and and as an active indoor player i've always run into him because in new york we would use a beach to train, to cross train. We'd yeah. go to Central Park, no wind, no sun. And Evan would be out there. He'll play with like a Marty Velasco, um, who's from, you know, former Gaucho. And his shot game was fierce. He'll, he'd like qualify for the draw, play like Karch Karai and Lambert. And first game would be like 24-22 because it takes a whole game for them to crack the code of what mm-hmm. this guy's doing. And clean shots on Karch. Wow. You know, and it really, really had everything to do with his ability to take care of first hit. As long as he took care of first hit, he would look forward. And once he looked forward, it was 100% concentration on the ball and he could see everything in his peripherals. He wasn't one of these guys that was doing one of this or this or this, mm-hmm. you know, and I could man, I couldn't touch anything. I, I, I mean, I'm playing behind a, a big evil dude, you know, a six foot five guy. So I'm the one I had to deal with him. And I'm like, <laughs> but even when I blocked, I, I said, switch, I'll block. Even somebody sets that are tight. I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to touch it first. He'll pull his gun first. And I'm like, I'm this one. I'm going to wait. And uh-huh. then he'll wait. So just a very smart guy. And he's always had my respect. I didn't, I had issues with that dude. And when he saw me in California, he's, his attitude, I'm sure his attitude was like, he didn't know me then. Why should he know me now? But now, 
when he sees when we see what both of our uh, both of us are doing for this sport mm-hmm. and how much we care about the sport because every you talked yeah. about caring i'll bring you me too mm-hmm. so um love that dude and, and and as far as deserving is concerned he deserves it yeah he deserves it mm-hmm. so um back to volleyball a little bit <laughs> yeah yeah I'm 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 gonna cry in a minute, like big crocodile tears. I love this sport. Dude. Well, I mean, I'm happy that you're sharing how much you care about this sport. I mean, I knew you yeah. did, but like that's something that I think is so special and mm-hmm. should be expressed because it's really cool. Well, sharing is important because we sometimes that enthusiasm works against some people. Mm-hmm. It, it creates a narcissism. They care so much that they think that they're the only one that doesn't. And if someone comes along who thinks they know the same thing, then all of a sudden that creates ridiculous, unnecessary heat. You know? Yeah, I never, I yeah. didn't ever actually think about it on that side. I thought you were gonna say cared so much that they just like cried, like if yeah. they lost. I was like, well, there's that because I've leaned on that direction a well, bit more. I'll talk about. Well, I was talking about enthusiasm. <laughs> Well, there's two things. There's enthusiasm that works against you, and there's enthusiasm that, cr- that creates narcissism. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So enthusiasm that works against you, you want to be the greatest player in, in the history of Hawaii, <laughs> right? Um, it works against you if it's on the court because you're not out there playing. You're not out there trying to – you're, you're not out there being. You're mm-hmm. out there trying to be mm-hmm. instead of out there being. Mm-hmm. Um, see since we're in the podcast, I'll tell you a story. Theater, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren Bacall, black and white film actress. I've kn- I knew her and I met her. Um, sh- and I had to do a term paper on her. And since I knew her, she gave me the, the interview, the five question interview. And she spoke of a lady. I don't, I don't think she's, it was her. And bear with me on this one. She wasn't speaking about herself, but someone else that did, that had to do like a hundred shows on Broadway. And the first five shows is a way that she asked for the, the sugar for her tea that like made everybody laugh. And then she noticed people started to laugh. So for the next 90 episodes, she tried to play to that. And nobody laughed. And then the last five episodes, everybody started laughing again. And when they asked her, what did you do? She said, I asked for the sugar and not the laugh. And that's what it takes to get rid of all, uh, a lot of that enthusiasm that works against some people. Ask for the sugar, mm-hmm. not the laugh. Don't, my- out there trying, don't be out there trying to be, just be trust and train yeah that's what my coach used to say growing Mm -hmm. up he was like he said kind of a similar thing he's like don't just like boom make spaghetti like you have to get the pasta you have to focus on the meatballs you have to make the sauce like it's about the process of it yeah and like you said being in that process and just being Mm -hmm. versus just wanting to just boom beat that yeah so yes and i think when people cross over or make two things seem the same uh, the goal and the, your expectations mm-hmm. goal and expectations are two different things they see they sound the same and but when people make their goal their expectation they're not they're not concentrating on the goal yeah right theater right my expectation is it's going to be a great show my goal is to make it about my scene partner you know what i'm saying that's, mm-hmm. that's, she, there's a girl I want her or I want her back <laughs> and and I'm just trying and I'm just I'm, I'm just in there and I'm working yeah and what comes out of that is a great performance yeah but if you're That's in really there cool. but if you're like I'm, but if you come in there like I'm gonna wow this audience by this scene because the lines kind of take care of itself if you're talented you can get away with that but mm-hmm. it's not sustainable 
how long is that you're going to last right so but then there's enthusiasm that creates narcissism um narcissism gets a bad rap but i'm 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 gonna beat it up there's a particular player um let's just say delaney mirwitter right nutson i'll just name names when i met her at pepperdine um oh lmu right Mm-hmm. I'm, oh, a, yeah, I'm a director yeah. of operations, okay. right? So yeah. John, you know, hired me to coach the coaches and do mm-hmm. coaches feedback or whatever. But he said I couldn't, I wasn't allowed to coach the players. Okay. But he did say there are some things you can say that are uh, permissible. Okay. You know, great shot or this or that. So I'm like, good shot. Hey, good stuff. You know, stuff like that. That's not coaching. Super generic. Right? Yeah. yeah. But, and it's, and it, and it, but, and it skirts the line, but it doesn't cross it. Yeah. So she comes up to me, and I don't know this woman from a can of paint. She, you can't do that. I'm like, I can't do what? She says, you're not allowed to coach. She says, you're, you're, you know, you're not listed as a coach. And I'm like, I'm sorry, who are you? Who are you? And she's like, I'm the assistant coach at, a, at Pepperdine. And I'm like, assistant coach, you said. Okay, got it. And I just walked away because that was my way of letting her know. I don't talk to seconds, right? Um, but when I met her, she just rubbed me the wrong way. She had Aww. this 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 thing like like me not knowing who her work who she was and fit, offended her very nature. Mm-hmm. But then I saw this four minute thing on the AVP, just like her background and parents and and the things she had to go through just to be a great player she is now. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. The, this whole notion that someone comes along and thinks that they can disrespect your sport is offensive. It's offensive. I get it. And I get her. And I got her. And the last time I saw her, I actually snuck up on her and gave her a hug. It scared the living shit out of her. (laughs) Okay, I hope this is someone I know. Okay, I know him, but him? Of all the people hugging me? That guy? You know, so so that's why I was careful to use the term narcissism. Oh yeah. I uh, see. Narcissism, narcissism might not even be the right word because narcissism is self-absorption. You have to be the smartest person in a room. The whole notion that anyone outsmarted you might 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 crush you for psychologically for three days. You might, yeah, like it you know that. You. Yeah, like mm-hmm. um. So I won't call it acute narcissistic disorder or anything, but <laughs> but but that's what I meant. Okay. And you're and and look, in your career, you're going to run into those people too, and and. I wouldn't even worry about it if I were you because you 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 always you have this really good way of surrounding yourself with people that are like minded. That are like minded. And mm-hmm. that's that's why I was very, very excited to have you on the podcast. I'm not trying to pollute your brain. <laughs> no. Well, you're one of those good people. Like, I, I I do say that it's I something genuinely I, am. You are. Yeah. That's something I actually like realized about myself. Like that's something that I have pride in. Like I do surround myself with really good people. I'm really yeah. fortunate and really lucky and they all inspire me and motivate me daily so yeah. it is very nice i know like i feel like i don't encounter people like that or if i do i'm just like like ooh, spicy or like yeah. i'm like okay yeah, what does this have like, to do with me <laughs> well I'm, I'm just like i'm like well they must be going through something or there's something in their life that made them act that way and i'm not going to take it personally it's something with them and no mm. well it's also <laughs> like Almost everything you do in your life seems like it comes from a place of innocence. Like, if you were in my situation, she probably wouldn't have done that to you. And the reason why that offended me mm-hmm. is because she she thought it was okay to do to me mm-hmm. because she didn't know me. Yeah. And I'm like, you know you've been... I'm, I, I kind of look at people like, you know I've been doing this longer than you've lived, right? Well, that's like the <laughs> you fun... Know? Okay, that's <laughs> such a fun position to be in, though. Yeah. It's like, I see that as something exciting where people are like, well, who are you? And you're like, well... 
actually like yeah i actually have some experience in this area i've dealt and they're like oh oh like but you know what i hate about it though i hate it because when i moved here a lot of californians are big on the validation game you know what's your rating what's this and this and that and it's and it's always gotten to a point where it's nauseating because when people identify themselves as a collective whole by how, by what place they finish now you start in these little groups not mm-hmm. not now now there's no unit volleyball unity there's this there's this group here there's this group there and i hate it and it's nauseating That's it's an, it's so and it's a volleyball embarrassment to, okay it's so intimidating to join in yeah. and like find your place and that's that's a place where i talked about that confidence part mm-hmm. and talking about like those different schools that you know you have options to and by no means let me like disclaimer like that has no knock on like no. the talent that is actually at those schools they're very talented people but if you come from like a ucla it looks better reputation wise than cal poly is an excellent program but it doesn't have the name that like a ucla has but it helps you get into those different like groups at least yeah. it seems that way because you're so right it is very much like where did you finish mm-hmm. how many points do you have yeah. who do you know well the reason why I don't like get, getting caught up in that is because I despise it so much. I feel like if someone looks at me like that, I instinctively defend myself and then I become what I despise. And mm-hmm. and, and and now I feel bad because I felt like even if I was right mm-hmm. about me defending myself, I'm like this. I become what I'm I become what I despise. I become what I've criticized. Yeah. You know, and and I've that's always been a big challenge for me in California because um to some people like I've been here six years and to some people I'm just like a fan with a Yankee hat, <laughs> you know. And I, and you as a human being, you'd like to think you're so much more. And me, even at even at I'm, I'm 52 years old. Even even at this age, I'm like, why am I getting caught up in this kids in these kid games? Why am I getting caught up in these kid games? Well, I'm, so I'm, easy I'm to. a grown grown I'm a grown ass man, you know, but. But it's not, thank you. You just said it. It's very, very easy to. Well, because it's like, it's kind of human nature, I Mm -hmm. feel like, to be like, okay, here's, you know, like, it almost, you see it as like a, hey, like, I deserve to be here. Like, hey, like, this system Mm -hmm. is like, you know, to stand up for yourself. But like the best, at least what I'm learning to do or what I learned to do, because when I was younger, I came out and was like, hey, like, I want to be in this group or like, I feel like I could be in this group or I feel like I should be able to you know, that whole thing and wanting to stand up for yourself. But how I am now that I'm older, only like 24, but like now that I'm older, it's just I want to just be training with my coach, with good people, and I just want to get better. And if I get to meet new people and join new groups or whatnot, like meeting good people, then that's really cool and that's really fun. I just want to make sure I'm getting better. It's the fastest path. Yeah, I'm like, I just want to make sure I'm getting better. And if that's with this group, cool. If that's with that group, cool. Mm -hmm. Like. And if I get to meet new people and cool people in the process, even better. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not tr- like. But that's what I said before the yeah. podcast. Remember before the podcast, I told you two things about California when I moved here. One, life's not fair. Yeah. Remember I told you that? <laughs> but if you, two, if you don't take that fat kicking and screaming, there's a huge pot of gold at the end. Yeah. You you see it on the horizon. You, your game. I mean, you've always been a, de- a, a decent player or a good player, and but. There's something about you, the way you're playing right now, that's going to give you success because you took all the things you do well and you're, you're now creating something I call the constant pressure. Mm-hmm. Right? Can you serve an ace? Yes. But do you have the same kind of serve that is going to get you six points a row with no ace? Mm-hmm. That's probably better. Right? And you're going to get a kill? Fine. Or do you have this, this thing where um, you're always in, metaphorically in their face, not mm-hmm. letting up for an instant? 
Yeah. That's just getting these points in bunches that you don't see until you check the score. Even when you're having a bad game, you're like, oh, cool. I'm up. I'm up. Um, 17, 15, <laughs> you know, yeah. didn't didn't see that. And it's such a maturity thing I'm finding in the game, because, you know, when you're younger, you want to make all the highlight plays. You have dreams of like chasing down this one ball or digging this and then running up and blocking this or like you think of the highlight plays. And now that I'm getting older just more experienced in it especially being a, a defender now is I just want to do my job and be in the right place every time like it's not about those highlight plays like those highlight plays shouldn't even be created if I'm in the right spot they shouldn't happen um not that they shouldn't happen highlight plays are sick but it's more like there's more desire in being consistent like you said having that constant pressure and consistency and just and I everything see that you do. I see that in your game now it's yeah. savage. I really like it's so crazy because like I was so passionate about like these cool highlight plays and now I'm so passionate about wanting to be more like that. Like it fires me up and it's so funny. But yeah. I'm glad you see it. That makes me really happy. It's really hard. <laughs> is that one of the things that you've seen significant improvement in um the year 2022? Uh with myself? Like if I had to ask you what's one or two things you feel you feel you got better? Absolutely. Maybe one not. on that's so that's that's a that's a psych that's a psychological approach. What about on court? Mm -hmm. On court, um, positioning on defense for sure has been the biggest improvement I think for myself. Just because you know I'm like I said uh, before, just when I was in college at UH, I was kind of spazzy, and um, it was funny when I was transferring. I asked Todd. I told him I wanted to do defense. And instead of, you know, a lot of coaches being like, oh, yeah, like you can be a defender. Yeah, like you're great at this. Todd absolutely roasted me, um, especially on my positioning and jumping around. And now I'm getting a lot more comfortable being like obviously open in the pocket. Like I'm just more comfortable with the position instead of feeling like I need to move or fake or anything because I was so jumpy before. And now I'm just calm and relaxed with my positioning. It's still not 100 percent there, but my positioning is a lot better. So that makes me happy on cool. the court. Nice. Yeah. What about one um, one or two things you want to show a little bit improvement on? Um, ooh. Right now I'm working on my setting, setting location. Okay. I have good hands, but my location can be a little wobbly. Um, only, a, yeah. So setting, um, defense is something I'm always working on um, just because I don't have as much experience as a lot of the girls that have been playing defense their whole life. Um, but it's something that's already getting better. Um, and then always working on my arm swing. I had a wonky arm swing growing up, so my arm yeah. swing is kind of a constant um, for me is finding that consistency in the whole thing, making sure it looks the same every single time because I can yeah. kind of, I can really show, but I have like a good wrist at least. So yeah. like I can really, even if I'm showing it, I can typically get it all the way to the spot without a defender getting to it, but yeah, so consistency in my arms swing. Well, setting, yeah. I always tell at a, at every level, juniors, college, whatever, pros, the best way to get it's setting is like push-ups. The only way to get better at it is just to keep doing it. I know. I've been actually I've been having so much fun cuz I can't do anything with my ankle right now. And so I've just been going out and I've been setting from a bunch of random locations with random random tosses to get it to land on top of the pole. Right. And that's been a blast. It's been really fun. That's that's always a challenge. I do that for my juniors, actually. I coach so uh, 13s and 14s at uh, LA Volleyball Club. Yeah. And we have, like, the shooted net 
instead of the pole, we have like the shoot. Yeah. And it's just so what a really cool thing like i don't really play that much anymore mm-hmm. i look like i play because every everyone keeps calling me are you playing fours or what are you, are you playing this tournament and i'm like what do you think no. what do you what do you guys think i'm doing on my week on my Wait, week why don't on you my play weekends? anymore you just... just well if i can't do the things that i enjoy or that i'm good at it's not fun for me that's that's fair that's yeah. what was frustrating about injury. And you can mm-hmm. ask anyone with that, yeah. like with a major injury, like Mariah Whalen is a great example. Right. Like, but I'll give you an example. There, there are some people yeah. like they're, they want to keep playing. So what they do is they evolve their game mm-hmm. and there are some things that they're good. They were not good at to begin with. That didn't, doesn't make them better or worse. Right. They never, they were never a tough server. So what I'm going to keep playing. Right. Yeah. You know, me as an indoor player, I was a setter, you know, I'm left-handed. Mm-hmm. I was really good at distracting defenses i had a high iq um playbook in my head um yeah my wing i'm six one but my wingspan is six eight so i was i was someone you're ar- yeah so oh. so i was someone like one-on-one like in system you could leave me alone and and i'm yeah. i'm gonna be all right you know on my worst day and i'm and on my best day i'm still yeah. you know i'm still I watch a ton of videos, so I, see, I always I'm always getting to get in the touch of forcing people to hit out. Yeah. And when I stopped doing those things, as the level and as a, the science of this generation, mm-hmm. are you guys just understanding how to play volleyball better? Not to mention being immune to old age, right? Your health <laughs> and nutrition's better, right? And as it takes, you know, I die for a ball. If it takes me a little bit longer to get up, I think I'm good. Yeah, I think I'm good. You know, there's a there's an ego thing that comes into play. I don't want that's not the way I want to remember myself. Never mind other people remembering how I played. Mark uh, Mayor said the same the thing. Time. And John yeah. Mayer said the same thing. Yeah. John Mayer, I'm like, you're going to play four. He's like, nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to do it. You know? Yeah. So. No, that's like Mark would sometimes like run into no jump mm-hmm. and he'd be like, it's just not the same. He's like, it's so frustrating. Like, why no. can't I jump? Yeah. It's like so frustrating. Yeah. I also think sometimes when you get a, like an injury and you stop training, doing the training that you do to prepare for a sport, like I'm always in some kind of shape because the way, the rare occasion that I train these days, because COVID really messed me up with that. Mm-hmm. But the rare, the way I train, I, I train as if I'm playing in a tournament, but I'm not. Yeah. So I'm always, I'm always going to look high, <laughs> you know, I'm never, I'm never going to look bad, you know. Yeah. I also used to be 260 pounds too, so... So um, there's also a part of me that's running away from someone I used to be 23 years ago. Oh, wow. Yeah, I used to be 260. Wow. Yeah, where did you put it, right? <laughs> no. Well, congratulations. Yeah. I mean, you know what changed it? Huh? Um, you, you can appreciate this. I love how everybody's calling me like, 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 um, someone in New York train station, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's someone that sits in like those two seaters that's supposed to seat two, but he, it seats, for this guy, it only seats one. Okay. He has to be like 300, maybe 350 pounds, right? But he has like my hair, and you've seen my hair under his hat, right? Little, mm-hmm. little Jufro. Um, he has like my eyes, like kind of mulatto-like com- complexions, and I hate using that word. I don't, I don't like that word, and I'll tell you why later. Um, and he breaks out a 20 piece on McDonald's chicken McNuggets, right? And he's got his French fries, he's got his sauce, and he's looking for a place to put the chicken McNuggets, right? Maybe on the side, but he can't because he's too big. Right? Yeah. And he looks at his stomach and he puts it on his stomach 
and starts eating chicken McNuggets off his stomach. And the whole time while he's doing this, I'm like, holy shit, that's going to be me if I, if I keep going. This is, that's going to be me. So I took on a trainer, started eating five times a day, um, smaller portions, and I took uh-huh. a year. And I lost, um, I was, went from 265, got as low as 186, and then kind of split the difference at like an even 200. Wow. Yeah. Because wow. I had to figure out where I was still strong. And yeah. You, know, you lose muscle and this and that. So. Yeah. And I knew I, at 186 is too light because I was at the Pottstown Rumble. Mm-hmm. You know the grass tournament yeah, in yeah, Pennsylvania? Yeah. I was at that tournament in 2002 or 2003. I can't remember. And a friend of mine, one of my girlfriends, she's like 6'3", she like bumped into me, like friendly, mm-hmm. just to let me know if she was there. And I like fell. You fell? I fell to the ground. <laughs> and she felt so bad. Like she bumped into me. She's like trying to pick me up. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, I could jump out of the sky, but I got no muscle, dude. No, no. So, so no, just another interesting uh, tidbit about your, 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 your gracious host. No, thank you for sharing yeah. that. So let's wrap up in a bit, but I want to leave asking one more question uh, for the group of girls who are following you, because you are part of the best. You are a member of the single best um, period, generation, period, ever, period, for volleyball, period. Sarah Hughes and Kelly Clay's kind of led this change and this evolution of of women's beach volleyball and the NCAA pretty much started that, right? Mm -hmm. Because when it became an NCAA sport, it became a business and all of the club sizes have tripled. Mm -hmm. Though endless summer, we stayed 16 girls. Um, Sarah Hughes leads this troop and then you got Chrissy Jones, you know, the 2019 girls that Mm -hmm. basically sent a message to everyone ahead of them, your time's up. Yeah, and then 2021, 22, you got Kristen Nusklo, Tina Gardina, Howard Skulls, um, just this group of absolute savages, and you're part of that crew. Thank so you. you are, you are, I'm, I'm, you're, and look, some people they have instant success, and some people it's gonna take a little time. But the people that it takes time is not a one-off. And when you get to where you gotta go, it's there, and it's there to stay mm-hmm. because you work so hard to get there. You ain't, you ain't gonna work so hard to get there just for a one-off, are you? So. You got a 16-year-old, and she's going to ask you, what is, what, you know, what am I looking for uh, as far as just, when I turn 22, I want to be like you, and tell me how, you, tell me what, you, what I should do. Wow. That makes me want to tear up. Um, Dude, I think be, there were five times in this podcast, both of us were, <laughs> were about to tear up. Well, I think about that, <laughs> and that's like, that, like just that thought of like looking at like some younger girl like is something that keeps me going mm-hmm. as I think about the kids like I think about the kids from Hawaii I think about the kids from Maui or I think about the kids like from I don't know just like not from California like I think of the kids from like the middle of nowhere like the kids that are late blooming or weren't seen by coach like I just think or even the kids that are from California that want to do this and they're from this hub and they have all the resources like I just think of these young girls that want to do this and it inspires me to keep doing it because like I've I don't know I was them but um I would honestly just tell them to just give it another day like because I think the reason why I am or I am what I am and I and the player I am is I just never stopped. I just 
there were times and reasons where I probably could have, and there's always going to be reasons, but I just never did. And I don't know. And maybe it's just me. I have like my own like aggressive <laughs> rules for like quitting with myself. It's not like a matter of like, if I have a good reason to quit, I totally can. Like if it's, you know, if I've got a new passion or I pick family and like a relationship, like, or building a family, then like those are good reasons. But if it's because it's too hard, that's not a good reason for me. And so when I think of those kids, like sometimes it is too hard and it is okay to quit. But I would just say, if you want to get to this spot, like just keep going, give it one more day and give it your all. And sometimes you can't give it your all. Maybe like you're only at 50%, but give a hundred percent of that 50% that you have. And make sure it's fun because if people do it and it's not fun, then it's just no point. <laughs> you have to have yeah. fun doing it. So I always tell people um, on and off the court, um, I always present them their options. In the middle of a game, maybe there's a line over, right? Line over or, or jumbo or whatever. Player takes one step, sees it. It's like, nah, I'm good. And then someone like me will come up and be like, so what's, what percentage? What's the probability if you went? And then they're like 10%. I'm like, you can't give me 20? 20%? No. 10%? How about 15? What do you think? 15? 15? Can we go around 15%? 15% chance of getting that ball. Here's my second question. What percentage is it if you don't go at all? Yeah, zero. And that's how I feel about goal setting as well, at least with myself, is like, if you can't, and this took me a long time to do because, mm. you know, you have those doubts in your head and you have the doubts from so many people around you. But like, for me to like sit here and say, like, my goal is to go to the Olympics and you have to be okay with being vulnerable saying that because if you don't say that and if you don't set that goal, like you said, there's a 0% chance of it happening. Yeah. And do you see how that applies off the court and on the court as well? Mm -hmm. And as far as the whole fun thing is concerned, like I'd like to be the coach that's all about showing them why it's fun and this and that. And I do that when I'm in a good mood. And sometimes I'm like, dude, I'm not going to show you why it's fun. Do that. And you and, and trust me, there'll be. it's not a miserable process. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it is. <laughs> sometimes it is because once you have to – Sometimes you have to accept that the worst thing that should ever happen to you should happen in practice. So this way, when a game comes, it doesn't feel like it's abnormal and you don't know what to do about that situation. So, I mean, that's, that process is always going to be a little bit grueling. But, but even in the most grueling uh, um, challenges is a level of fun. Like even in World War II, when bombs were blowing up, there, I mean, there, there, there's a bunch of people that are looking at fireworks and they're smiling. You know, until you hear the word, until you hear someone scream medic, right? So. Oh, I was like, I yeah. am not getting this reference. That no, uh, terrible. The, show, the show Bands of Brothers. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like yeah. they were in Bastogne and okay. they were just basically surrounded because that's airborne. You're, when you're, when you're 100 first airborne, it's, of course you're going to be surrounded because you're landing and, and everyone's around mm -hmm. you, which is a weird concept, right? But yeah. they said there were so many bombs or like going off at night or whatever, they stopped and they were marveled by the like the fireworks effect of it mm -hmm. not realizing not no totally realizing the imminent danger but seeing but seeing something else other than a miserable place to be yeah so you, sorry you guys come in yeah it's, so yeah you can come you can go around use the other door so 
Um, all right, so that's that's my cue that they they want to have dinner. Okay. We should do this again. That'd be fun. We should do yeah. this again because volleyball, we can go. I could talk forever about volleyball. It's like for how long? You're like, dude, forever. <laughs> talk forever. <laughs> I love it. Talk literally forever. I like how you said forever. Forever. So, do you, is there an Insta handle? People want to get to know more about you. Maybe. Maybe a partner so you play wants to train with you. Maybe yeah. there's a guy out there trying to get with you. Um, yeah. Um, what is it? Amy underscore Ozzy. Pretty simple. Do you want me to spell it out? No. Okay. Because yeah, it's going to be, <laughs> the writing's going <laughs> to be on the wall. No. So, it's just Amy underscore Ozzy. Actually, before we go, let's do a lightning round. Okay. I'm ready. Do a lightning round? Yeah. Shit, sorry. That and that. Okay, so we are ready. Let's put the scoreboard up. Da, there it is. So let's see. The, do I? I wrote down some questions. Okay, ready and go. Best condition partner you ever played with? What does best condition mean? Like best shape? Best physical shape. Mariah. Nice. The most Mariah. angry person you ever played with? Uh, oh. You're like, I know this. <laughs> I do know this. Um, shoot, 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 shoot. Probably my my freshman year partner, Hannah Zalopany, which she she knows. She like punted a ball over the fence at practice once. Nice. But it's a it's a good angry. The player you looked forward to playing the most? Um playing against? Yes. Kristen Ness. Mm, yes. Um or, go go to food. Um oh. I have so many. I ate a lot of like ground chicken. Is that weird? No, it's not weird. <laughs> like uh, scoring freezer, no freeze. I like the freeze. Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter? Lord of the Rings. Shakespeare or Martin Scorsese? Shakespeare. Favorite comedian? Um. Mm, oh, um, Daniel Daniel Sloss. Sloss. There yes, you go. Okay. Daniel Sloss. Last good book you read? Um. I believe it's called The Four Agreements. Oh, nice. All right. So that's all I got, young lady. <laughs> so Amy might love you guys, but for me, I don't love you. In fact, I can't stand any of you. So for all of you at home, for all of you on your iPad, for all of you on your desktop, who runs the world? Old school, baby. Old school for my girl, Amy Ozzy. Not Ose. <laughs> I have one thing to say. Sashay Ose. Yes. I'm Jason DeBiss. This is episode 155 or 156. Who cares? Um, stay with me. I'm going to play my music and we're out. We're out, people.